you have to be really humble. Different tribes are different. When I was in the outback of Australia around Aboriginal elders, you don't speak uh, before. It's almost like being at my grandmother's house when I was a child. <laughs> you don't speak around elders until it's time for you to speak. You don't want to disrespect anyone and you want to try to be humble. A big welcome to all our guests and listeners. I'm your host, Abhay Wadwa. You're listening to the AWA Agora podcast, a podcast dedicated to facilitating thought leadership and innovation in the design and research world. For this episode, please join me in welcoming my brother from another mother, Will Calhoun, a two-time Grammy winner, internationally renowned scholar of culture and musical origins, an explorer of ancient wisdoms through music and sound, and just a wonderful person to uh, have in my life, uh, Will Calhoun. Welcome, Will. It's good to have you on our podcast. First question I would like to ask is, please share with us your recent experiences uh, recording in West Africa. You know, you shared a soundtrack when we were driving to see a friend which just blew me away. It was just so fantastic. So I'm sure the audience would love to know how culturally you're traveling from New York, going to these amazing cultures in Africa and all parts of the world and continuing your musical adventurous life. So over to you, Will, and thank you for coming. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, basically being a drummer at heart and a musician, a rhythmatist and a, and a sound nerd uh, at heart, uh, part of my research, other than being in, in America, what we call North America, and studying jazz and rock, and I'm from the Bronx, and hip-hop, and funk, and these kind of things, it was very important for me to take the time to research my instrument historically. Uh, what were the beats played 40,000 years ago for healthy pregnancies, for marriages, for weddings, for rain, for romantic moments, for war? And my travels took me mostly to West Africa, to Morocco, out in the desert there, in Mazuga, as well as um, the place I, I visited the most was Mali. And I did this amazing drive from Bamako, the capital, up to Timbuktu, and uh, spent a lot of time with different families and, and different musicians to learn about my instrument and the rhythms. And I wanted to have this combination uh, emotionally and sonically of, of modern music, what we know is, is blues or jazz or rock or metal, these kind of things, and also this, these really ancestral rhythms. And the idea for me at that time for the recording was to combine the future, the, the, the past and the present into one kind of a concept, sonic concept. And that's the music that you heard. So I was with elders, with very important people who told me very important and taught me very old things. Uh -huh. And I had a lot of fun, ate amazing food and, and um, decided to go into the recording studio in Mali with these elders and take my ideas and my loops and my samples and my background and, and put it together with theirs. Fantastic, yeah, fantastic. That's so uplifting. I mean, I wish I could live your life and do that. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, I'll be able to join you in one of these trips. Um, but tell me, um, when um, you're looking to explore um, this sonic uh, connection, um, what part does an understanding of the culture play in uh, your dialogue with the elders? You know, 
being aware that there is so much richness in that land. I mean, I'm just just wondering. I mean, kind of as a rhetorical, well, I know, but I would love the audience to hear more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, you never know enough. You have to be really humble. Different tribes are different. When I was in the outback of Australia around Aboriginal elders, you don't speak. Uh, before it's almost like being at my grandmother's house when I was a child. You don't speak around elders until it's time for you to speak. So there was the, there's the reality. You want to try to learn all the formalities. You don't want to disrespect anyone, and you want to try to be humble. Many of these elders didn't let me into these villages, honestly, Abe, till my fourth or fifth visit. Uh, I wasn't allowed to just roll up there and go, "Hey, I'm from New York. I'm a musician." Uh, you could them your and they would let you in. No, 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 they wouldn't. I, I wanted to play with this group called The Hunters. And uh -huh. The Hunters in Mali don't even play with other Malian musicians. But the music is the origin of the blues. It's very, very old. And I was fascinated because the music is only built on vibrations. It's how they can, they, intimidate, they intimidate people because they can feel who you are and what you're doing and what mm -hmm. your intentions are. So yeah. some people don't want them around. I wanted to be around them all the time. Uh, but it took, a, it took a minute for me. So I went to this village four times a year for four years. Wow. And finally, finally, I was, I was allowed to, to play with these two brothers. And that's the recording you heard was one of the Hunter tracks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just thinking about, I mean, the memory of hearing that recording gives me goosebumps because it was so incredible because there are layers of, you know, millenniums of culture and history into, you know, coming from an ancient continent of Africa, but these ancient amazing cultures that you are tying together. I mean, talking about it gives me goosebumps because it was so compelling here. Yeah. So let me ask you this, um, in the age that we are in with everything that's happening, 2020 being what it has been with, you know, um, what, what do you feel is the, is the best way for all of us who are, you know, in different boats, you know, whether it is on, um, the pandemic or it's on the economic um, uh, issues that are coming with it. And of course, all of us are concerned about BLM. Um, my point to you is your music has a healing capacity, healing capability. How do you think person listening to it, what do you recommend to them saying that, listen, this is where it's supposed to get you or do you not need to say that at all? That's the question. Well, I prefer not to say it, but what I like to try to preface the music with is um, trying to zero your emotions if you can. Uh, one of my ex amazing experiences was going to my friend's uh, 12th century Casbah in Morocco. And, I, and, and his wife was decorating the place to, back to the original age, its original look. And I was asking her, what is the vibe when you come into a place like this, this, like it, it blew me away even today. And she mm -hmm. said, the idea when you come through the door is for everything to be zero, your great smells, great sounds, great looking people, great tasting food. So all your senses kind of get leveled off. So the experience becomes larger. And if something's off a little bit, or you're pissed off, or you're angry, or you have doubts about things, you're going to ruin the, the moment. You're going you're to ruin the experience. So part of the vibe with what I'm trying to create is A, getting the people to zero out. If, if you don't arrive at a zero uh, open plane, the music can bring you to the open plane. So maybe the next track or the following track or the event 
you'll have that beautiful experience of taking it in. Because I honestly believe if things can get to people when they're clear and when they're zero, you have a, a better possibility of reaching people and having success with, 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 your, with your ideas and your conversation. Even if you disagree and you're zero, you can honestly disagree and it's not terrorism. You know, it's not this mm. horrifying d mm. defense that goes up. It's mm. more of a, okay, well, I, may, I understand that. I don't agree with you, but okay, fair enough. You know, it, it's, mm. that's really all it is. So the, the concept is to either become zeroed within the music or to zero yourself out before mm. listening to it. When I, I played it for you in a car, I just wanted you to hear it. I mean, we're friends, but I wanted you to hear it also for what it is. And I felt like as you were driving, it, 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 it brought you to a place. You know, oh, yeah. It took you to that to that place and that's 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 the idea the, the, the communication is going to begin a lot of the understanding yes there's a lot of changes that have to be made and adjustments in our lives spiritual and academic but i it's going to be difficult to reach those conversations are they if we're already in a different kind of a defense mode where we can't allow the frequency to get in you can't the sun can't come into your apartment or your house if all the windows and shades are closed you know the sun's out because you can feel it or it's coming through a crack. But to experience it, you got to take the open windows, open the blinds, open the front door. The light comes in and you can go, okay, there's the, there's the sun for real, not the crack through the door. You're not getting the full experience of the sun. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, there's a concept of the, the zero plane. There's a concept of shunya in, in, in Sanskrit in India, which is about that, that if you're trying to meditate and trying to get your brain waves to a certain you know, uh, level, what you're really doing is going for the nothingness that also carries through into the Sufi folklore about nothingness. Mm. You know? That's Sufism being one of the cultures which embraces the darkness as nothingness. You know, wow. it's a very powerful concept because, you know, the whole Judeo-Christian concept is about going towards the light and therefore darkness meaning nothing. Right. But you start looking at, uh, you know, the Yorubas in Nigeria or the Igbos and you start looking at the depth of even the perception of, this shunya, the, the zero-ness, is uh, really compelling. Boy, well, as always, I mean, every time I meet Will, we speak for hours and we don't even know where the time has gone because it just, it's, it's, it's a banter which I'm very fortunate to share with him. Um, so would you um, like to uh, share a small piece or? Uh, oh, sure, sure. I will, I will share a, um, a zeroing attempt uh, piece right now. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get the, the vibes to, to people, to listeners, to enjoy and listen, and this is for them.
I don't have words for this. I mean, I, I want to, I'm, I'm getting emotional just like hearing it and kind of being transported. Thank you, my brother, for sharing this. I, it it's was, my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, folks, that is it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our community and our subscribers. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. A special thanks to our guest today, Will Calhoun. And thank you to everyone behind the AWA Agora podcast. Further information on this podcast and this episode will be linked on the show notes. There you will also see the link to our YouTube channel for AWA Agora, where you can discover more about our other guests who are helping us and facilitating thought leadership in the fields of art, design, research, and technology. You can also find us on all your favorite social media channels. We would love for all of you to be a part of our community, and we hope that you would join us, giving us your feedback and your love. In love and light, this is your host, Abhay Wadhwa. And till the next week, when we have our next episode, stay tuned. Thank you for listening.